Against the Chill of Night. Ancient stories bring life to imagination through tales of heartache and happiness, challenge and victory. The hope of resolution draws us deeper because we know there is still more to tell. Morning. That fire looks kind of fun, huh? <laughs> Let's light one right here. How are you guys doing? Good. It's good to see you guys. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I know we did. Uh, we were gone, but uh, it was a good time away. Hey, uh, real quick, I want you to take these out. How many of you guys have one of these? Hold it up. Let me see it. I can't read anything, so don't worry. Right? So we all, a lot of us have these. I, I want to date myself. Well, I, I'm going to tell you, I remember a day when none of us had these. Anybody remember that day? <laughs> they weren't even around. Yeah, we're, we're like, uh, that's me too, I guess, right? Right? Now, one thing I want you guys to do is, while you have it out, I had an alarm go off, an alert go off already. So um, silence them. Thank you. Um, put them away. Uh, why do we carry these? Why do we carry these? We say emergencies, we say so we can say, isn't it really so that we have at our fingertips that we're never too far from those things that we really think are important in our lives? The connections, the conversations. We don't wanna miss a conversation that might be happening. That's why we have alerts go off, that's why we have emails come to this, that's why we have texting, is because these conversations that we're having in our lives with the people that are meaningful to us in our lives, we don't wanna miss them. We don't want to miss, even when we look up information, what is that? That's a conversation we're having with an expert who's telling us something about this world that we need to know at that moment, right? How many of you have been sitting around in a group and somebody says, I wonder, what was the name of that one thing, you know, that song that that guy sang way back? Everybody's going, ah, I don't know. Where could we find that information? And they're all sitting there with one of these in their pocket, right? It's like, we could find it right here, right? Because we don't want to be too far from those conversations. Conversations are the things, whether it's the texts or whether it's the tweets or whether it's the Instagrams or the, the TikToks or whatever they're doing, whatever is going on right now, we don't wanna miss it. We don't wanna, because we're convinced that those conversations are what tie us into, make us feel connected to this thing that's bigger than just us. We're not on our own, we're not by ourselves, we're a part of something Bigger. Last week, Pastor Cheryl talked about how this story that's being played out in history is kind of like a loom. And you have this big loom and all these threads are hanging down and these threads are the prologue. They're the things that have been kind of, they, they forecast, they foreshadow the things that are to come. They give us a sense of where things are going. But I would say that the conversations are the threads that go in between them. The conversations are the things that go across, that fill in those spaces that, show, that start showing the patterns that start showing the picture of that life. And it's those conversations, those are the things that we don't want to miss. Now, I don't know about you, but in the last couple of years, that pattern, that, that picture that's been forming has been kind of chaotic, yes? Been kind of disrupted, unsettling at times. And I would guess that if you go back and you look at some of the conversations you had, whether you find them in your emails or whether you find them on your texts or whether you find them maybe in those, con those conversations face-to-face. -face. You know, heaven forbid you get a phone call anymore, right? Because those are really important. 
Those are usually something tragic has happened by the time somebody calls you, right? But you look back at those, and you look back at the last couple of years, and I would guess that your conversations have been kind of chaotic as well. A lot of our conversations have been full of questions and anxiety and fear, concerns and doubts. So what does it take to maybe weave a more peaceful kind of a picture into our lives? What does it take to weave a more peaceful kind of a pattern into that loom that becomes the picture of our lives? Well, it takes different conversations. It takes a different kind of conversation that weaves that kind of peace, that kind of peace into our lives. Now, what we, part of what we celebrate during this, this season called, uh, called Advent, where we look forward to the birth of Christ, part of what we are celebrating is we're celebrating the season where God spoke into this world and he started a different conversation, right? He started a different word and the new conversations through his message, his word to us about his son. And it began a new thread, a new seam that started through our lives. So uh, this morning, let's stand together. We're going to hear part of that conversation that he began in Isaiah 9, verse two through seven. Part of it was read this morning. I want you to listen to these words again. Isaiah two, or Isaiah nine, two through seven. It says, the people who walked in darkness will see a brilliant light. Those who live in a dark land, this light will shine on them. Oh God, you will cause your people to prosper and multiply their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as when the harvest is brought in, as when warriors rejoice when they divide the spoils. For you will break the yoke of their burden and the rod that weighs down on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. And it will be as in the defeat of Midian when every boot from every warrior who caused such fear and every cloak bloodied in battle will be good for nothing but for burning, fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and all rule will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And there will be no end to the expansion of his rule or the increase of his peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness now and forevermore. And it is the very zeal of the Lord of hosts that will bring this about. Amen. Father, this morning, uh, we need your conversations. We need your conversations because we need your peace. Peace because a child has been born to us. A son has been given to us. Father, a new conversation has entered the loom. A new thread has entered and is starting to weave a different pattern. And we need to, we need to hear that word. And Father, we need to be open to be able to enter that conversation. So this morning, we pray that your spirit would fill this place Fill those places wherever we are, whether we're here present listening to you, whether we're at our homes and we're hearing these words over, uh, over this broadcast, Father, over this live stream. I pray that wherever we are, that we would hear your spirit as he speaks to us and that our ears would be open, our eyes would be open to see you, our hearts would be open to understand and to follow. Father, we pray that you would speak into our darkness you would speak into our chaos 
and you would give us peace. Pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. That passage said, peace, peace is brought about because a child has been born. A new, a new, a new conversation has been started. This morning, I'm going to be talking about, this message is titled Dialogue. It's God's answer in the chaos. That's what we're looking for, isn't it? You know, every other year, we've been doing this for about a decade or so, every other year, our kids, um, we have three of them and their spouses and their families, they'll all come to wherever we are. Now, that's been several different places over the last decade, so they try and figure out where we are. And then every other year, they show up at Christmas at our house and we celebrate Christmas together. Now, on the off years, um, the two that are married, they're with their in-laws. And so uh, they take their kids and whatever and they, they're hanging out with the other, uh, part, the other side of their families. Um, and what happens on those years is we will get together with them at, at Thanksgiving and celebrate Christmas at Thanksgiving. So that's what happened this last week. We were gone. We had a great time. I thank you for the ability to get away and to be with family. Um, but we, were, we met in Indiana because it's about halfway between where everybody is. And we have family there. And so we had Thanksgiving. Uh, we had Christmas at Thanksgiving. And so it was a lot of food um, because you take those two holidays and combine them. That's just an explosion of way too much. And, uh, and there was a lot of gift giving, and we had a lot of fun together, and we saw movies and played games and all this. But a lot of the time was filled with what? It was filled with sitting around, talking, talking with each other, catching up, entering into those conversations that help us learn more about each other, that, that kind of catch up on, on the, the gaps that we have and what happened since the last time that I talked to you, since the last time that I saw you where we try to reconnect. We try to, again, connect with these that are so important to us. That's, that's dialogue, that's conversation, is where two or more people sit down and they exchange words in order to gain some insight into each other's lives or about each other. What well, is always funny to me, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, is to watch the youngest two of our tribe uh, have their conversations, right? So my daughter has uh, two boys, and one's four and one's six. And when they talk... That is an interesting time because sometimes you watch them and you're pretty sure they think they're having the same conversation, but I'm pretty sure they're not. I'm really starting to question that. Demetrius will shout, he'll say, hey, let's go play basketball. And Miko will say, yeah, let's go. And they run upstairs and you follow them up there and there's, there's Demetrius shooting baskets in his room and there's Miko playing with his dinosaurs. That was two different conversations. I don't know that they know it, but they were not talking about the same thing. What struck me is that I think a lot of times we have that same kind of conversation with each other, don't we? All of a sudden you get to the end of the conversation and you go, wait a second, what are we talking about, right? Or do we have that same kind of conversation with God? Where God says, hey, I got this idea, and we go, yeah, and we go taking off this way, and God says, where are you going, right? Have we ever done that? Yes, because that happens in conversations. I have begun to realize that we have those kind of conversations and the, we start these threads, if we think of our life as this loom again and we start this conversation, we start weaving something in and it gets all tangled up and it begins to, it doesn't take on the pattern that anybody involved had intended. So the question is, conversations, we know that they can cause all kinds of, they can bring peace into our lives it can also cause all kinds of con a conflict and all kinds of chaos. How can we begin 
to speak, enter into these conversations that bring peace into our lives. In Isaiah's day, he said there were some things going on. There was a situation. He said it was, like, it was like being in the darkest dark you can imagine. It's not a dark where the moon's shining. It's not a dark where like there's a street light and you can just barely see. I mean, this is a dark, if you've ever been in it, where you can't even see your hand in front of your face. It is so dark, there's no moon, there's no street light, there's nothing. And you can't see anything. And, and, and Isaiah was saying that this is, how, this is how the hopelessness of his day felt. And the reason it felt that way was because there was a superpower up to the north of them called Assyria. And they were swooping down and slowly, kingdom by kingdom, was being taken by Assyria. And they, in Assyria, they had their eyes on Israel, had their eyes on Judah, and they knew that they were next. And they knew that they were in trouble because they had resisted Assyria. And Assyria is known for their brutality, especially against those who had resisted them. And when they came in, the best you could hope for is that you might die in battle. If you didn't die in battle, you might be skewered on a pole alongside the road so that you would be a witness to some of their other enemies. You don't want to mess with Assyria. Or else you'd just be hauled off into captivity into a faraway land where you didn't know the customs and you didn't know the language and you'd live out the rest of your days in this place in, capti in captivity under their, uh, their oppression. And he said, that's how dark it was. He said, so here are these people that are walking in that kind of darkness, that kind of threat and gloom. But at the same time that Isaiah was writing this, he knew that he wasn't just writing to the people of his day. Because he knew that this same kind of darkness, the same kind of anxiety and fear, it can show up in all kinds of places, can't it? For example, it can show up in the family that has to flee their country, that has to flee as refugees with nothing but the, the clothes on their back and ends up in a, a foreign land where they don't know the customs or the, or the language. It can show up, it can show up in, in the person who loses everything, whether financially or relationally or economically, and they find themselves out on the street, and they find themselves with no connection and no opportunities and no, no support. The person can find themselves in darkness, it can show up in the lives of those who are forced to watch at times helplessly as, as a loved one is, is struggling with, with this a disease that, that can't, it's, it's unknown, can't be helped. They have to watch as a loved one is carrying this, this unshareable kind of burden. Some of you guys have been there. Maybe as they've watched a loved one taken by an unseen and an unexpected enemy. Or sometimes this darkness, and this, this I think affects more of us than some of those other specific things, but it just shows up in that general kind of gloom that especially during this season can kind of creep up on us at times. Creeps up because it's just darker outside more often. And we just find ourselves getting a little bit more down. It can creep up as, as life becomes a little bit less manageable or becomes unworkable. It can, become, it can enter in a season of our lives where we think about our children that are out of, out of our control somehow, whether they're, they're little and we don't know how to deal with that or they're out of the house and we don't know how to deal with that. But slowly we see this darkness, it begins to creep, it begins to just fill up our senses, fill up our world. And Isaiah knew that. And he wrote into that and he said, you know what? But into that darkness, he says, God enters with a new word, with a new conversation. And he says, and it shines like this brilliant light in that darkness. It's this new conversation that begins to weave itself into the loom, into that, that pattern 
in the, the picture of our lives. And it's not just like a, a little birthday candle out there. It's this brilliant light that lights up everything. It lights up the very land. He said it's like a weight being taken off your shoulders. It's like a, a, a chain that's around your neck just being shattered. He said it's like if you, were, you found yourself under the threat of a, 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 an army that, that it completely outnumbers you and all of a sudden you, you find yourself standing there as the victor and you didn't even have to fight for it. He said it's like the joy that you find at the end of a long, hard task like bringing in the harvest and at the end of it there's joy and there's rejoicing and there's shouting and there's relief and there's peace. That that's what this message is like. That's what this, this, this word that God speaks into our darkness is like. He said, and you know, if you wanna, if there was anyone that knows how to introduce light into darkness, right? Whether that be, whether that's literal darkness or whether that's, physical, that's spiritual darkness or whether it's emotional darkness or that relational darkness or that creeping in of that darkness of that depression or that anxiety or whether that's the darkness of, of just uh, in personal or in the, the world we live in. If there's anyone that knows how to introduce light into darkness, it would be the one who created light when there wasn't any, Right? You know, this, this last October, I got, I got one of these um, headlamps, you know, those things, and, and they're meant, you wear them so that if you're in a dark place and you're trying to work and need both your hands, you don't have to try and, you know, figure out how to do that and hold the, the flashlight, you know, in your neck or something. So you have this headlamp. Well, the first time I go to turn it on, I, I would kind of, I, I didn't know how many lumens I needed or anything. So I got this one that I guess had a pretty many lumens. And so I turned this thing on and Carrie's looking at me and she goes, whoa. She said, you didn't have to buy the sun, <laughs> right? But the truth is, as I go outside, I turn that, that thing on, like on a day like today when the sun's shining, you can't even tell it's on, right? Because compared to the actual sun, it's really not that bright. If there's anyone that knows how to bring light into the darkness... It would be the God who created not only the sun, but even light that's brighter than we know of, brighter than the sun. And Isaiah said, God brings this light in the darkness. He starts a new conversation. He weaves a new thread into this loom where there seem to be all these threads of, of foreboding, of darkness, and of gloom, and of destruction. And he weaves in this thread of his light. And he says, and how did he create that light? With his word. God said, let there be light. And the word started a new conversation. It started to weave in between the spaces and bring light to that darkness. And that conversation that Isaiah is talking about, he says, into the gloom and into the hopelessness, God wove a new conversation and it had to do with a child. It had to do with a son who was given and that changed everything. Now, in Isaiah's day, many of the people were thinking that what he was talking about was there was a new king that was born, this baby, Hezekiah, that was born. And Hezekiah would grow up to be a very godly king and would follow, uh, follow the Lord. He would, he would um, rule in righteousness. And many had put their hope in Hezekiah. And many times that we, that we hear God begin this, this word of hope and we immediately jump to the conclusion of how he's gonna bring that about, right? And sometimes we misread what he's saying. 
How many times does God tell us that he's, he, he's, he's bringing hope and we say, oh, it must be that new job that he just opened up for me, right? Because I've been waiting for that or, or maybe it's this new relationship. Maybe it's a, a new boss. Maybe it's a new president, right? Maybe it's a new, an economic turnaround and we say maybe that, that's the hope that he was talking about. But, but Isaiah knew, he knew that Hezekiah, he couldn't possibly bring about the things that God was talking about. Hezekiah couldn't bring in, he wasn't going to be the fullness of this truth, this conversation that God was speaking about this child that was born. He knew that Hezekiah, he couldn't possibly carry the titles. Did you hear the titles that God spoke over this child? He will be, would Hezekiah be wonderful? Maybe, a little bit, right? Would he be a counselor with wisdom? Yeah, we hope so, he's gonna be a wise king. Would he be the mighty God? No, not at all. An eternal father? Don't think so. Prince of peace, not likely, not in this world, not the source of peace. So Isaiah knew that Hezekiah, he couldn't possibly do that. He couldn't possibly be all this. And as you read through this thread, you find out how important this peace is to God, this this thing called peace. He says, this is gonna be a large part of it. This is going to be how you know that it's this child, that he's the source of peace. This is the peace, is that light. That peace is that light that the people in the darkness have been waiting for. The peace where there is no more war, there is no more threat, there is no more lying and deceit, there is no more, there is no more sickness and sorrow and destruction. There is no more anxiety and fear and doubt. He said that's the peace, that's the light they've been waiting for. And Isaiah knew that there was no king, right? There's no president, there's no headlamp, there's no pill, there's no, there's no economic turnaround that can bring that kind of peace. But God said that in this conversation that he was starting, he said, this, this child, this child will do just that. This child that I'm speaking of and he'll be like this brilliant light that shines in this pitch black. He'll be like this, this uh, relief uh, of, of oppression and slavery that is finally brought to an end. He said it'll be like the joy of coming to the end of this harvest and bringing it in. And it'll be like a victory over an enemy that we didn't even have to fight. How many of you guys could use that kind of a, a, a word woven into your life right now, right? Amen? All day, every day. Love it, love it. How many of you could use like a text message that came over your phone and, you, and God just texting you and says, got it covered, <laughs> right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Get an email, you're set. God said he already sent it. Said it's already been done. A child has been born. A son has been given. He, he, he is wonderful. He is amazing. He is beyond our comprehension. He is, he is the counselor with all the insight and the wisdom that we need. He is the mighty God who has the power and the ability to take care of everything we might face and to guide us through it. He is, he is the eternal father who never changes and his love never ceases. He is the source of peace. 
and say, well, if it's not Hezekiah, right? If it's not that headlamp, who is this? It's Jesus, right? It's Jesus. It always has been Jesus. Jesus, who is God's living word, who is God's own son, God's son given to us as a gift where we didn't have to earn, we didn't have to fight, we didn't have to make it happen. He's crushing enemies that we didn't even know were out there who were threatening us. He is taking care of a debt that we couldn't have possibly paid. He helps us navigate waters that are completely uncharted, that have no map. Every time they show up in our lives, he is there. Jesus is there. And it says, what does he gain for us? He gains us peace. What kind of peace? Peace within ourselves, peace with ourselves, peace with others, peace in this world, peace between nations. Ultimately, he says he's gonna bring in a kingdom where peace and righteousness, they they cover the land like the waters cover the ocean. Peace, but primarily it's peace with God because that's where it all starts. You know, if, if I don't know that I have peace with God, If I don't know that I have peace with God, then I don't know that all the good words that he speaks towards his children, I don't know they have anything to do with me. If I don't know that whatever has stood between me and God has been taken care of, then I don't know that what he speaks is a good word towards me. And if I don't know it's a good word towards me, then I feel like I have to make my own life happen. I have to make my own good come about. That means that I'm not confident whether I'm out trying to make connections with other people. I'm not confident in making peace with them either because I gotta grab everything I can get. I need to protect myself from the people that might take it from me. If I don't know that I have peace with God, everything starts there. My peace within my own life, my peace with, that, that stands in the lives between me and others, the peace that holds our community together, it all starts there. And God said, I've started that conversation. I've started weaving that conversation in this child that was born, the son that was given, Jesus. Amen? It starts with a conversation. And the conversation goes something like this. It starts with a dialogue. The dialogue that's spoken into this chaos, and it goes something like this. God says, you know what? He says, is Jesus... He's my king. He's the source of all peace. He is my king and he will rule in righteousness. He will lead with gentleness and with kindness. He says, this is my king. And so then the question comes, so will you follow my king? Because that's what a dialogue is, right? Dialogue is first one person talks and another person talks. And so he asks us the question, will you, will you follow my king? And then We answer and we respond to God. And then he speaks again and then we respond. And we begin this weaving of this conversation that changes the pattern of our life, but it starts there. He says, this is my king, so will you follow this king? Then he says, you know, this king, this king represents this Jesus. He represents everything I've said before. So will you listen to what he says? Will you listen to what I've said? Will you, will you listen to do it? Will you listen to obey? And, and then we respond, because that's how a dialogue works, right? And then he starts zeroing in on some areas of our life. He says, well, what about this thing? Will you, will you give up this anxiety? Will you trust me in this? Will you let it go? And then we respond. 
because that's how a dialogue works. But that's the conversation that gets spoken into our lives. Say, you know what, God, I, I'm having trouble with my marriage. Things are, are getting kind of dark. Well, the question comes in, well, are you listening to Jesus? Are you, are you listening to his words as if he were your king? As if he were the source of all peace? Are you listening to those words? Are you speaking? Are you listening to the words and investing in the words that God has spoken about that, that marriage, about that relationship, about that other person that you've entered into covenant with? Are you listening? Are you walking in those words or are you coming up with something else? Are you going up with, you know, you're weaving in something the best you can come up with? Because I can guarantee, there's no guarantee of peace with the stuff we come up with. Isn't that true? Have you ever been in one of those conversations and you're pretty sure, well, this is gonna end it, and yeah, it ends it. Not well. It just tangles things up worse than they were before. God says, will you invest in this, in this word, in this conversation, this conversation that begins and ends with Jesus? Are, Are there things... Are things in your life, are they looking kind of bleak right now? Or is, is that anxiety, does it feel like that anxiety and that, that, um, that uh, despair and fear that they're just kind of lurking around every corner, ready to just kind of jump out of nowhere, just mug you over nothing? Is it because you're listening to the words, you're investing, you're walking in that conversation that was started with Jesus? Is that where the, the, the fear is coming from? Or is it because we're coming up with something else? Are we, are we immersing ourselves in the words that God has spoken to us about who we are as his children? About how he cares for and protects us and how his eye is always on us and he targets us for his good? Is that what we're immersing ourselves in? About who we are as the ambassadors, his chosen ambassadors in this world who not only experience his peace, but bring his peace to this world by the way that we live out his life? Are we listening? Are we immersing ourselves in the word where he says, you know what, you have been created anew. You are not like anything in this world because you made you a new creation through my word, through my conversation, through this dialogue that is being woven into your life, and it began with Jesus. He says, in Jesus alone, we have peace. In Jesus alone, we have peace. He says, Jesus is the opening and the closing word of everything you need to know. Do we know that? Jesus is how God starts the conversation in our lives, and Jesus is what sums up everything he has to say to us. Do we get that? This child who is born, the son who is given as a gift is this new conversation. So how, how can we have more of that? How can we bring peace? Not, not just the absence of conflict into our life, but the fact that when we are, we are navigating through this, this life that has been foreshadowed with conflict, that has despair looming over us, that somehow that we can even walk through that and find peace, find confidence that God has it covered, that it's, it's, he has us in the hand. How do we find more of that woven into our lives? It's only through this conversation that begins and ends with Jesus. So the question is this, when you hit 
a challenge, when you hit one of those dark times, when darkness seems to creep into some or any area of your life, are you doing these three things? First is this, are you calling out to Jesus first? Why would we do that? Are you calling out to Jesus? First of all, because the name of Jesus itself has incredible power. Jesus' name alone is the name that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, every knee in heaven, on earth, and under the earth will bow and claim and acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the only name. So you're calling out to Jesus. But the other thing that does is when you call out to Jesus first, you're saying, you know what? I'm not in this world. I'm not of this world. This world is not my only hope. I know whose I am. I know who I belong to. I know who holds me, who covers me, who has his eye on me in this very moment. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. So when we hit those times, do we call out to Jesus? Are you calling out to Jesus? Because if not, that's where we start. Dive back into that conversation that began with this child who was born as a light in the darkness. Call out to Jesus. Second, I want to encourage you to do this. When you find yourself in a trial, in a trouble, in a challenge, in, in a place of despair, or where you're, you're wondering if there's hope, find those words that God has spoken. You might not have to pick up a book like this. You might pick up your phone. You might find it in there, because everybody, we got it right here. It's with you all the time. Find the words that God has spoken. If you're in a time, if you're in a time where you... Uh, where you are in need, you have some kind of a, 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 a lack in your life, find those passages where it talks about how God will be your provider. How in Jesus you have everything that you need. How that he is the treasure and that, he, that God will supply your needs according to his riches and glory and not according to the, the wants and the scarcity of this earth. Hang on to that. If, you, if you're in a time of pain, Find those passages, those places where God has said, I will be your healer. I will be your comforter. I am the one who walks through that, that valley of the shadow of death with you. I will be there and I will bring you through it. Find those passages and begin to enter that conversation. Let that conversation, let that thread begin to weave its way through your life and into your life. Third is this. When you enter that conversation, don't try to figure out where God is going. <laughs> don't try and figure out how God's going to get done what he says he's going to do. Because if you do that, you're gonna probably try to beat him to the end before he gets there. And you're gonna probably find out that you've misheard, you haven't understood what he's talking about. And you're gonna find yourself like Demetrius and Miko having their conversation. And God says, we're gonna go. And you say, great, and you go taken off. Don't try and figure it out. Just grab hold of the conversation. Do you know that a life of faith is not a life where you figured out how God works? A life of faith is where you say, you know what, God, I'm gonna believe this conversation. I'm gonna walk and fill my life with this conversation you've started instead of the, the many conversations I can imagine starting on my own. That's what a life of faith is. So if I feel alone, and I read in scripture, it says I'm not alone. That's what I'm gonna talk about. I'm not alone. I might feel like I'm alone. Jesus 
He was up on the cross and he said, I feel alone, but he quoted a, a Psalm, Psalm 22, where very clearly it says, it may look like I'm alone, I might feel like I'm alone, but I know my God is with me. And I know he holds me and he has never left me. Is that the conversation we weave into our lives? Where we don't try and figure out, how is God gonna pull this off? But we just say, I'm gonna walk with him. I'm gonna hold on to it. I'm gonna let this conversation guide the direction of my thinking. I'm gonna weave it into my mind and into my heart and into my words and into my actions. Begin to weave God's conversation. Now, there are some times, and I'm just gonna leave you with this, there are some times that we begin to weave that in and God starts pulling out. You know what's funny to me? We actually call conversations threads, don't we? Right, you get a thread of emails, you get a thread of texts. Well, these are the threads. God begins this new thread in. And sometimes God will bring, God will bring in other threads that have to do with that. So you start saying something like, God, I don't, you know, save my marriage, Lord, right? I, I just, I use that often because I know how hard marriage can be. I also know that marriage is that place where some of us are most tested. That's why we're brought into it. You guys know that, right? Because this other person who is nothing like us will help make us more like Jesus than anybody else possibly could. Because if we kept going the way we were going, we'd be lost. Amen? <laughs> no, that's true with me. But we say, God, save my marriage. I'm having trouble. And God says, well, he says, uh, let's think about this. Enter the conversation. Are you acting like Jesus? Well, hmm, what do you mean? Well, why don't you look and find out what Jesus would do, how Jesus lived. Why don't you look at how he acted towards people? And you study through there and you go, what things were important to you? Oh, service? God says, try that. Oh, okay. Honor? Try that. How about kindness, gentleness? Try those. We start weaving those conversations, those other threads. We thought it was about God, just wave your magic wand and save my marriage. And he says, no, I need these other conversations to be woven into your life. That, that'll save your marriage. That'll, that'll bring you out of that anxiety that you're in. That will, that will help you have a calm as you're entering this thing where you don't know what the future holds, but you know that you can be confident walking into it. It's these other conversations. So we start out on a thread we think is important, but if we don't dictate to God how he's gonna do it, we let him start weaving these other conversations into our lives. And all of a sudden we find that instead of that gloom and that despair, instead God has lit up this life with this conversation that begins with and ends with and is summed up by this child that was born, the son that was given. But Jesus... This morning, I hope that we can understand that we walk out of here knowing that when we hit chaos, God's answer to our chaos is always a conversation, is always a dialogue that he begins. I hope that we can understand, I hope that we know that this conversation always begins with, always is summed up, always ends with Jesus. It begins and it ends with this one whose birth that we're about to we're coming into this season of celebrating the beginning, the, the entrance, the, the entrance of this thread, this new conversation into the, the patterns, into the picture of our lives. This thread that was introduced to bring peace. Amen?